so welcome back to starting the conversation. Oh, I started wrong, didn't I? <laughs> Did my intro wrong? <laughs> okay, try again. Well, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to episode number 76 of Starting the Conversation. I'm your host, Alice Benham, here with this week's co-host, Catherine. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I always panic every single time I introduce someone, whether I should say their last name or not. And then I panic, like, do I know this person's last <laughs> name? And it's just this oh, yeah. internal conversation. I get that whole thing where I'm not sure if I got, especially if I'm doing a panel or something, I'll suddenly panic. I've got people's names wrong and then I'll... I'll then suddenly panic and won't even use their name, so I'll just end up pointing at them. So what do you think? And hoping and that like, no one's noticing. How far can I do this to the point where no one else notices that I have no, <laughs> no clue what I'm talking about? Yeah. Or I have that with like if you're speaking to someone at an event yes. and you don't know their name but you know that you know them and yes. you're like it's past the point where I can ask your name. Yes. And then the worst is when you then have to introduce them to someone else ah. and you just have to go, I'll leave you guys to it. Yes. <laughs> this is yeah. You, you guys do that. <laughs> or you can say, what's your name? And they say, oh, Jane. You say, no, I know your, your, I meant your full name. Ah, oh, I love that. I used to try the, like, how do you spell it? But then oh. I think I did that once and their name was, like, Ben. <laughs> I was like, all right, you've run with me. But anyway, how are you doing? Good. Yeah? Yes. We've just had a bit of a, I feel like that was, like, a good chat. Yeah, We're it was talking good about chat. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Which sounds love boring, it. but. No, definitely not. We love Very LinkedIn. Exciting. We love LinkedIn. Not nerdy at all. Um, let's start with high-low. Okay. So I like to start with the low to end on a high. I feel okay. like I say that every week. Uh, talk to me about your day, your week. What's going on? Um, well, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but I think probably my low was yesterday when my son wasn't feeling very well and I literally just had to have him watch TV all day because I had too much to do. Honestly. So that was a bit of... <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> a bit of, you know, mum guilt slash business owner panic combined so that's always fun mm-hmm. those kind of days i just feel like children add in a whole nother element to the mix oh yes like if working for yourself wasn't unpredictable enough yeah here is a child yes enjoy yes and actually mine you know mine are nine and twelve now but it's when i meet people who have babies and toddlers and i think i have nothing but respect for anyone who has a business and a child under the age of five i actually don't know how they do it because it was pretty much all i could do to to get myself to work when they were under five, let alone come up with a business idea or push my own business. So, yes. uh, endless admiration. Endless admiration. That's how I always feel. I'm like, you know, and you almost sound patronizing because you're just so in awe of someone. Yes. Like anyone who runs a business and has a baby, I'm <laughs> yes. just like, I will worship at your feet. I don't know how you do it. No, I don't know. Keep and that, you know, especially particularly having had children, I don't know how they do it. So, yeah. There we go. I would say my low, do you know what? I had a really bad evening yesterday. Mm. Do you know when sometimes you, everything's great, the stats, like no, there's nothing physically that tells you that things are bad, Yeah. but your your mind just decides you're doing really badly, yeah. everything's going awfully. Mm. So I had like a really productive day, got loads done, got loads of content out, had some lovely messages, like nothing was telling me that things were going bad. And then a, like a sw- it's like a switch just went off in my head and I was like, everything's awful oh. I should just stop there's too much pressure there's yeah. too much expectation I can't do it so that was a bit of a like you know you're just like come on brain stick with me here and how did you get out of that <laughs> well I I'm very stereotypical with my how do I get out of it so I went for a run which helps oh, I just have good. to do something like you know and you I think to agree I can push through sometimes yes and working actually helps yeah but I pushed through for an hour mm. and got to the point where I like nearly just wanted to scream at someone and I was like okay I need to probably just stop yes <laughs> give myself a moment so I like went for a run which I find just it I hate it so much 
die. Like, I can't think about anything else. <laughs> Such a weird way of like getting over things. Um, but yeah, I did that. Forced and then, mindfulness. Yes. Yeah. And I just feel like sometimes that's the way. Yeah. Like I don't know about you. I can't think myself out of something. I sometimes no. just have to force myself to get through it. And then I look back and I'm like, okay, we're all right now. So yeah, today's fine. I did wake up this morning when my alarm went off at six. I was like, I don't, I'm not doing today. I can't do this. But it's something about action. Just it just get, makes you feel better. Get going. Hundred percent. What's your high? Um, oh, I have lots of really good highs at the moment. So um, last week I was at Top Draw, which mm. was really exciting, big step for my business. So I had a stand there and I got to talk to lots of business owners. So to have a stand as a service business uh, was really great because that's a lot of where my ideal customer is. Um, yeah. So that was really brilliant. And then yesterday I launched a wholesale course which was very exciting, with Therese from Small Business Collaborative. And that's been something I've been working on for probably about the last two months now, um, putting together the content and uh, really great reaction. So that's definitely been a high. I love that. For context, can you tell people what you do? Because I yes, feel like you do, like, of course. You do such great work. Let's talk a lot about it. <laughs> yes, so I work with product businesses on their strategy and pricing and profitability and basically anything to do with making money and getting clear on their strategy and taking control of their finances and moving forward. So whether that's moving from selling online to wholesaling, whether that's people who've scaled up but just want to get more in control of their processes. So it's a variety, but it basically circles around the money aspect of product businesses. I love it. You are like their knight in shining armor who comes in and goes, it's going to be okay. I am here to help. Yeah. Sometimes it's like therapy. Sometimes it's like you can, you're doing a great job. Um, you're doing amazingly. You're just going to tweak it and it's going to be brilliant. So yeah. yeah, no, I love it. And that is invaluable in business is having someone else to come in and just be like, you're doing all right. Yes. You're doing 90% of it right. Here's the 10% to maybe help you with that. Yes. But you're fine. Yes. You're going to be all right. Yes. 10% feel that. Mine would probably be in the same vein. I just feel like I'm having such... I just love the people, like it's, I'm not saying it's because I work with you and you're a client, <laughs> really good timing for me, um, but you know when you just step back and you're like, it's the biggest privilege that this is my job, mm. like I just feel like yes, the clients, I, I don't know, people seem to, I don't know if you find this with your work, your service space too, I find often my clients come in batches in terms of what they want to work through, mm. like I don't know, so like we start working together in July yes. and I would notice some real similarities, like funnily enough, three other people that... I worked with starting July are redoing their websites oh, same as right. we've done recently yeah. mm-hmm. and like in a similar vein all of my September clients seem to be the people that like really need not all of them some really need that clarity of like here's what I do right and here's how I explain that like yes. that, that simple stuff yeah and I love that because you can see the breakthrough for them of like oh I do know what I want to build yes now I can see it mm-hmm. and there's something about that where I'm just like how is this my job this is the biggest biggest privilege so I've had a great week Fantastic. aside from the last aside night which was awful <laughs> and this morning but you know from that it's only Tuesday afternoon so we will wait and see anyway good high low and it's only the start of the week so it's only the start of the week I so know to come. September's felt like a really really great energy this year just a real shift um, I know you talked about this in your stories before about is August quiet and I certainly found that August was great for getting on with creating content and mm. um doing other things in the business and then September's felt like a real step change people ready to go yeah. ready for Christmas mm. 99 which days. in your business you've been thinking about for months oh yes yes 
But a lot of people, you know, start seeing it now. 100 days to Christmas was yesterday. So then people suddenly think, right, now it's time to get real. Yeah. That's slightly terrifying, but fine. We'll take it. It is that stuff. We talked about it in the most recent episode with Rachel and Ellie about, like, the whole there's four months left of the year, there's three months left of the year. And yes. they they put a really... Because I think sometimes those posts get a bad rep of, like, mm. stop putting pressure on people, just let people do their thing. But they put it in a really positive light of, like, we so often just say, oh, my gosh, the year's running away with me, that it's actually really empowering to be like, I've got over 12 weeks left. Like, how much can I shift in 12 weeks? Okay, yes. there's amazing potential there. Yes. Which I think is what's exciting. I love that. What to you would be, like, one thing you want to smash out in the rest of this year? Like... <sighs> What's your intention? Well, that's a really good question. I actually had, I realised when I was looking back at my plans, uh, because I do sometimes like to take my own advice and plan out my year properly and put a strategy and a, a plan and a forecast in place. And I, I had a lot of big projects building to September. So I actually, when I looked at my plans between now and the end of the year, a lot of things like, for example, getting ready to, for top draw was really big for me. Um, getting ready to launch this wholesale course so all of these things uh, a new client management system put in all of those big things I've been working on kind of all came to a head in September so now I'm in this nice position where I feel like I've hit lots of big milestones in the business and really between now and the end of the year it's about client relationships building those um, finding some more amazing clients to work with it's actually a really nice feeling I was like ah, kind of the big goals, I've hit lots of them, and now it's about, mm. get between now and Christmas, it's about uh, building those client relationships. Yeah, and I guess just like consolidating that, making yeah. that better, which is such a nice place to be in, is when the constant focus doesn't have to be like getting new stuff in all the time and building and building and building. Yes. It's actually really nice to have a season where it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to like stop building yes. and actually just look at what I've built and work on that yes that's a great place yeah. to be in I do have another series of courses that I really really want to get done which are all going to be about planning out your business and more uh, about the kind of cash flow management and real kind of the nuts and bolts of what I do with a lot of my one-to-one clients mm-hmm. I really feel really passionate about getting those done it's just going to be a question of whether or not I have time yeah, so, I'm, but I'm feeling quite relaxed thing. about that. You know, I'm feeling kind of like if it happens, it happens, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. And You've that's still a nice place got to got your goals for the year. Yeah, everything's going yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all I good. That. I love that. All right. So this week's conversation starter is one that I have wanted to talk about on the podcast literally since it began. Like. 75 episodes and a year and a half ago. Wow, I feel and, very privileged. Right? <laughs> but I knew when we first met for that client day and I kind of heard your story, I was like, I found the person to talk about this topic with. Because of my story and my experience is something I'm thinking about and talking about all the time. Yeah. But I often struggle to like, I think I'm just this annoying person now who wants to talk about it all the time. Um, and the conversation started is the impact of age on starting a business. Yes. Which I feel like is a... I don't know. I just love this topic. I think yeah. it's really interesting. I've, it's been really exciting. I've been thinking about it. I do think you, it's a really nice way of you saying that I'm a considerably older than you are. But <laughs> I did think when I was writing my notes for like, what I've written down is, we want to talk about how the age that you start a business has an impact. We have very different approaches and experiences. Because <laughs> I was like, there's a language choice. That you're not old in any, any stretch of the imagination. But what was it? We worked out that when I got married, you were in reception. Yes. Which was quite, likely. yeah. Yeah. But that's good. It's all good. It's all good. Different experiences, yeah, different absolutely. Parts. But what would be true to say is that it's less the age, I think, that's an important conversation here. Yeah. And I think it's more how the age 
you were at and therefore the experience you had and yes. where you were at in life impacted the Absolutely. business that you built. Yeah. So I'm sure a lot of people listening will be bored to death of me talking about my story. So I'll keep my brief in a minute, but give people an introduction to like where your business began for you yes. and how, like the trajectory, I guess, yes. of what you do. Sure. So I, I think I just start by saying that I definitely, definitely would not have started business when I was younger. It just wasn't on my radar at all whatsoever mm-hmm. um and i think probably if i'd looked 20 years in the future i would have been amazed to see that i'd started my own business because i'm very risk averse really generally as a person and um i just it just wasn't on my radar and uh, so i went to pretty you know traditional route did a levels went to university i studied international business when i graduated I didn't really know what I wanted to do exactly. Uh, and then I read a description of merchandising, which was what my career was in. And it said that it's in retail, but it's very strategic. You work with a lot of numbers um, and it's all, it's more about the big picture. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I read it, I was just literally like, that is exactly what I want to do. So it was a very interesting, just total reaction was as soon as I read those words, I thought, yeah, that's it. because. I'd always really liked retail. I'd always worked in it as like a Saturday jobs and summer holidays and Mm. that kind of thing. But I knew I didn't want to be on the shop floor and I knew I didn't want to be in store management because, you know, they work so incredibly hard, such long hours, it's very physical. And I knew that wasn't what I wanted. So I was immediately excited at the idea of working more behind the scenes. And I've always been very numerate, I've always really liked numbers and very quickly then I started working very quickly after that within about two weeks after I read that I was got a job with Laura Ashley mm-hmm. and so I was in merchandising which um, just kind of like a quick overview there are three main product teams within a retailer there's the buying team and the design team and uh, which everyone's very most people are very comfortable with what buying and design do but then what merchandising does is the numbers side so where the buyer might say I think we should buy that lamp then the merchandiser will say right well you can buy three thousand of them mm-hmm. or um we'll say your overall budget for this time period is x so really it was all about uh, having the purse strings yeah <laughs> so then i went to the us got married very young um and then i was over there for five years came back and then i worked a variety of different businesses in the uk so Totally, all told, I was in retail head office for 17 years and I worked my way up. So um, by the end, I was managing quite large teams. Uh, Well, I managed teams for probably about 10 years of my career. Uh, So kind of head of department level. But then I'd also uh, been a full-time working mum for 10 years. So when my kids were born, I didn't stop work. Well, I obviously took my maternity leave, but then I went back and I worked all the way through them being small and then it just got to the point where I think I knew I was unhappy quite a lot earlier than I left but I kept convincing myself that if I went to a different job um, then that I would find something or it was maybe the business or my boss Mm. Um, and then it just got to the point where I'd moved probably two or three times because of the same thing and I just realised that it wasn't the fact that I... Uh, it wasn't the business I couldn't really pinpoint it the blame necessarily on my situation it's just that I wasn't happy with the setup because my husband worked full-time I worked full-time and I was just 
my main memory is that I was just always running somewhere. So I was always either running to the school to drop them off or mm-hmm. I was running to pick them up afterwards or running to the office. And it was just relentless. And when it worked, it worked. But when, you know, somebody was sick, then it just all kind of unraveled quite quickly. And it was just very stressful. And um, I just kind of had convinced myself I couldn't quit my job. And then one day, I think, you know, probably crying in prep or something just like having a bit of a meltdown and my friend just said to me you know you can't you can't you know you have to quit your job and I and and that was the point at which I very first had the thought about running my own business so by that point I was 39 so I was coming up you know probably is that time when you start thinking well you know 40s right around the corner I've been doing this for 10 years now it's just I'm just completely miserable and I need to do something um but yeah it was a huge leap mentally to even consider coming out of the corporate world and and going and starting my own business Mm. I think it's so interesting because we have had such opposite experiences like you've literally had 20 years yeah like almost 20 years like in that industry in different roles that were similar to what your business has then gone into yeah but like you said you then have that huge shift and there's almost this like whiplash from this like yes major change in all areas of your life yes Whereas with my story, it was like, I've never had, I always say like, I've never had a proper job. I'm the most unemployable person you will ever meet. Um, I don't know what it is to be told what time to turn up and I would not do it if someone told me to. Um, So obviously for context, people that don't know, started like straight out of school, 17, uh, no experience at all. I'd worked before that point, but no experience in an office, no experience in a team, um, and absolutely no experience in social media and digital marketing, in business, in anything that was at all relevant to what I then wanted to do. And I feel like both ways that we've done it has their own pros and cons. Yes. I'm never one to say like, you should start a business young or you should start it once you've had 10 years in the industry. Yes. But I think it's interesting to talk about like, hey, our approaches have been perfect for us. Yes. But let's acknowledge like the pros and the cons to that. Yes. And maybe try and unpick that. Yes. That'd be interesting. Sounds great. So start me off with like what do you feel for you were like the biggest benefits of starting a business once you'd had this experience and almost had like a career behind you? Yeah, I think the biggest thing was the depth of knowledge. So I can feel really confident when I'm working with clients that I'm not just telling them something theoretical I'm telling them something that I've lived and breathed for years and years and you know when I work with people on pricing I have spent days of my life in big retailers looking at their price points analyzing the sales so I guess that's kind of been the biggest benefit it's just the the depth of it and just really knowing and being able to be confident when I work with a client that I'm giving them the benefit of my experience Mm. I don't I don't often you know obviously uh, all business owners I'm sure have imposter syndrome at times um, but I don't really feel I haven't felt that as much probably because I just feel really solid in what I know yeah yeah I think that whenever I think of like the big pros and cons I'm always like that's the biggest one is that and I think it's more internal than it is external yeah. like somehow I've managed and I mean like literally you've paid for my services <laughs> yeah I have like <laughs> nothing to my name in terms of like here's what I actually know but I think it's like for sure some industries it's very important to the clients and it's really helpful in terms of people wanting to work with you to see your expertise and your experience yeah but I also think just internally like yes. you said like that imposter syndrome when you're yeah. service-based like you're I, someone said to me the other day like when you're service broker you're whoring out your brain and I was like 
wow. I mean, true, kind of true. But I was like, that's so true. And actually, when you don't always have that like evidence bank of like, here's all the the things that make me sure that I know my stuff. Yeah, I think it can be, or at least my experience would be that it is harder to feel really confident in like, yeah, well, I can help you with this and I am good at this and I am an expert at that because you yeah. don't necessarily have the traditional evidence to show for it. Yeah. Interesting. Absolutely. And I think probably I'd say then the other big benefit is actually managing teams for so long, I think really taught me a lot about mentoring and developing people, which has been really helpful in working with clients because I think that it's actually very similar kind of skills because you're trying to basically when you work with a client you're trying to help them get the best out of their business and Mm. the best out of themselves and it's the same when you're building a team that it's about helping people recognize what's going well helping them tweak things um helping them feel confident boosting boosting their confidence and uh sometimes they can't even see what they're doing so well because it just comes naturally to them Mm. so i think that that's probably i'd say the other thing as well as the internal but also just I suppose in a way it's internal as well because it's also the confidence that I have when I'm dealing with people. Yeah, and that thing that you can just remind yourself of when you're having that little moment. And sometimes it is like it is important to clients sometimes. I still have people sometimes on an inquiry point, this is kind of my measure now for when someone's not my ideal client. Um, To clarify, not not my ideal client just because they ask a question I don't like, but just because my ideal client, that's not the most important thing to them. But I do still have that question of like, so how are you trained? Like mm. where, and although like I have answers to, to give to that, yeah. just the presence of that answer instantly makes me clam up. Cause I'm yeah. just like, oh, like sometimes I forget that that's an important thing to people. Yeah. And I would say for me, I was gonna get to my cons later, but I'll get straight into the cons. Cause I guess, <laughs> you know, your pros are my cons and my pros are like yes. your cons. Yes. Um, it's definitely that thing of like, I felt, and I'm sure, you know, everyone, I was about to say everyone makes mistakes and it reminded me of that um, Hannah Montana song. Do you know it? Yes. Like everyone makes mistakes. Not gonna keep singing. <laughs> um, but, you know, when, it, when you start a business, you're gonna make mistakes and you're gonna have to learn on the job. But I yeah. think that is only amplified when you have zero to little or little to zero experience in the industry yeah and you are just like even tiny things like knowing the dynamic in an office and adjusting to that or figuring out how to greet someone when you meet them like it's such tiny things that to my tiny 17 year old brain was completely new because I'd never been in a working environment like that before and then it's all the practical stuff of like actually the expertise side of things Obviously, I wasn't a digital marketing coach at 17. I literally knew nothing. Yeah. Um, but there were still scenarios where someone would say, like, oh, SEO. And then I had to, like, Google it under the table. Like, what does SEO mean? <laughs> and it's that thing of, like, you almost... I, I think I almost felt a year in. Like, right. I just about caught up with the people that had the experience. Yeah. Because there were so many things that I just had no clue about and had yeah. to make the mistake and then learn it and go from there. Yeah. Yeah. I feel fine now, but looking back, I'm like, that was a rough time. Yeah. <laughs> I did not enjoy that. What to you would be one of the cons? Well, well, maybe not cons, but like a challenge that comes along with yeah, your approach. I mean, there's lots and lots of different ones. I, I guess, I think probably the biggest thing was the mindset shift. So for a long time, you know, to kind of survive in a corporate environment, you know, and actually what you mentioned there about knowing how to be in a corporate environment, that's absolutely something that I guess I now take for granted. But, you know, if I'm in an office or I'm in a meeting or I'm meeting people who are senior or CEOs or sort of almost any level I feel comfortable with because that is the environment that I've been used to. Mm-hmm. But then that really is kind of the, the 
can be a con as well because actually the people that I really like working with are more of the startup um, and it's been so it's been about switching that mentality and the first time I wrote my website it just read uh, you know 17 years of writing emails that are appropriate for a corporate environment yeah. and uh, you know it does something to you it does it? something to you <laughs> it does and it gets you know reports um, and I was always told to write things because I write very diplomatically so I'm very good at being diplomatic and you know kind of putting difficult things into you know more palatable terms so all of that's really good but actually when you start writing for a totally different audience for a yeah. non-corporate audience it just absolutely like the first time I, I had to have a copywriter rewrite my website for me because the first time I tried to write it it just came across too corporate yeah and it's taken a long time for me to shake that off and even now probably if I compare myself to other people who haven't been so rooted in the corporate environment I can see that I feel like very quickly and easily when I'm writing my emails or blog posts I slip into that almost too too polished yeah. or too mm -hmm. too dry I think because mm. that's where you spent 20 years yeah. of your working life yeah 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 interestingly one of the things that I'd like when I was thinking about this episode I was looking back at a Q&A that I'd done a while ago where people asked this question of like what's your experience of starting a business young and one of the pros for me or like I guess flip sides of the con that I literally just talked about is that I feel completely fresh-faced yeah in the sense of you know I've got no expectation of how this should go because yeah. I've got absolutely no track record. So whatever happens is a success. <laughs> and if it doesn't work, it's a lesson. Um, but there's also that thing of like, I've never once questioned the right way to do something because my only experience is my way of doing it. Yes. But I, I notice it all the time. And I'm always surprised when I see it like with a client. Yes. They slip into a way of doing things or a way of talking or an attitude. Yeah. And then they notice in themselves like, oh, okay, no, that's the like 15 years of being in that business. That's yeah. what that did to me. Or that's the whatever experience that I've had that in a pro has been benefit actually is now showing up in a challenging way because it's so ingrained. Yes. And it's so interesting how that's both like a pro and a con in itself. But definitely I recognize I'm really grateful in a way that I came into this completely blind. Yes. Because I think if I had an expectation of how it was gonna go, or at least had an expectation of how I should show up, I, I think I would have really struggled. Yeah, and I think also, you know, when you talk about the fact that we're working together, I mean, definitely one of my thought processes is number one, you know, I don't get too hung up on people's ages because I think that there's people I've met who are in their 50s who are incredibly mature and the people I meet in their 20s who are very mature. So I think it's mm -hmm. much more about maturity than it is about age. But then also, you know, the question, the thing is, is that if I want to improve my digital marketing, then why not work with someone who's grown up in it, you know, mm -hmm. because I still come from the generation that didn't have computers in school except in a computer lab or, you know, would have to go to computer lab at university to print something out or didn't have a mobile until, you know, early 20s. Yeah. So, and for sure, I've immersed myself in it, been using social media for a long time, but it's also still not the same as growing up in it, you know, mm. to use that term, which I'm not a big fan of, digitally native, you know, so if you are digitally native. So if I'm somebody who's come from a corporate environment and I'm trying to recalibrate my communication skills and make them connect with people in in uh, you know digital uh, social media whether that's Instagram whether it's my website then why not work with someone who's born into that who yeah. understands it mm. innately rather than trying to work with somebody who's maybe um, you know on a learning curve like I am mm -hmm. 100% yeah I think that's so true and I'm actually really grateful I feel like 
the instant assumption of like what's the worst thing about starting young with practically no experience is always like oh it's the fact that people always ask you what degree you have and they doubt that you're an expert and yeah. actually I'm so so grateful that I can't remember the last time that happened yeah. maybe people think it's subconsciously but I don't notice it because I think I've recognized exactly that in probably a, a far like it's taken a lot longer to realize that but in realizing that I've just realized like oh, okay well as long as I'm in the spaces where that is what people value yeah then I'm fine yeah and that the year's experience or the degree or whatever doesn't matter but it's yeah an interesting one to look at and I think as well it's just it's a different mindset as well so is is the corporate experience a benefit yes absolutely for the depth of experience almost there's a lot of other things that it's it's a negative you know I think that we get really into this idea of throughout school as well you're set a target you have to hit it and it goes you know you go through that every year at school and then it's your GCSEs and that's your A-levels and then you go to university and we kind of become very good at seeing a goal going after it achieving it moving on mm. and then you get into the corporate world and it's the same thing you've got a goal you achieve it you move on and you just you kind of have to go there and do what's in your scope or your remit of your role and um, you know deal with all of the office politics and the managing people and managing up and managing all of this stuff um, and then you know to kind of go out into the entrepreneurial world mm. it's been so refreshing because number one people are so much more generous with their time and and I've had so many people give me support and you know if I if I meet somebody and I have a chat with them and they say oh we should go for coffee then they'll say yeah okay that's great whereas when I was in a corporate environment if I'd gone up to the CFO and said oh you know well, that was really interesting presentation you did last week at the co- the company meeting should we have coffee sometime they'd just be like uh why you know so it's like corporate almost teaches you to go in a very linear fashion it teaches you to go go for a goal achieve it jump over it Mm. and then entrepreneurial it's almost like you know this much much broader you know you can create literally anything so um that is that it's just a total mindset shift and and sometimes when I find myself getting frustrated it's because I've I've almost fallen back into that um, corporate mindset like right I've got a goal I mean I still set myself goals so obviously I can't really <laughs> escape from it can't escape it one of my favorite things when clients have quite a strong corporate background is how entrenched the language is for them yes and they use all these buzzwords all the time which we'll actually get on to later and I'm always I just have to no say it every time I see it because I'm just like you are speaking another language yeah. like that company is in your head right now yeah yeah and it's taken me um, I'd say the full 18 months that I'm still working on it now to get into the the more entrepreneurial language where you're actually trying to talk in a way that people talk to themselves so that when they read it they go oh, yes that's how I feel mm. rather than and I mean it is you know you could probably do a whole thing just on the difference between corporate and entrepreneurial but it is very much corporate's about almost I always felt like I had to turn up at work like I didn't have kids like okay fine that everyone knew I had kids but like if I'd been up all night with them, I had to get up the next day and I had to go in and I had to do my job as well, or if not better than other people who maybe didn't have kids. So you very much had to learn to cut off. It's it's not about emotion, really, corporate. Um, whereas entrepreneurial is like completely the opposite. It's very much, you know, and some people really insert their kids into their whole business story and then to put them on social media all the time. Or But it's just so much more about connecting with emotions in the entrepreneurial space and um again that's been whether that's the language whether that's what you share 
Uh, and I think that's almost like something I've had to completely relearn because I started later. Yeah. And something that I want to touch on, which I think is the, for me, what I notice is, it's not really about age, it's about where you're at with life when you launch a business, yeah. is how where you're at and the life stage you're at and what you're doing with your life has an impact on your experience. Because for me, when I started my business, I was living at home, still I'm living at home, love it, never moving out. Um, <laughs> I was 17. Yeah. I had the support of my parents financially if I needed it. That is a huge privilege that I will never not admit to if I ever needed money. Yeah. Thankfully, rarely did, but if I did, that support was there. Uh, nobody was dependent on me. Yeah. I didn't have to feed anyone, didn't even have to feed myself. I had all of the time in the world to burn because all I had was a social life, which very quickly got changed because my friends then went to uni mm. and I had all of this disposable time, all of this disposable income, all of this risk that I could take, which I 100% credit to the way that my business has been built. And I think at the rate that it's been built mm -hmm. is because I had a lot of privilege at the start in that sense. Yeah. Whereas in my perception, and this might be wrong, that's not the same case or that's not the case when you maybe have kids and you have a family and you have a mortgage and people are dependent on you and you have other legitimate responsibilities that can't be changed it's a completely different dynamic yeah i think you do have to balance it up against all of your commitments for sure um i mean i think that in terms of again going back to what when i started my business i wouldn't have done it when i was younger I was very risk averse. I think probably talking about the financials, one of the biggest shocks. <laughs> if you if you build up a corporate career over 17 years, you know, I was on a professional salary when I left. So actually then the financial shock, as it were, of going from that to starting your business when at the beginning stages of your business, you just don't make much money. I mean, it's just, you know, I'd be amazed to find anyone who started their business and immediately yeah. brought in, you know, a really a, a sizable mm. amount of money. And anything you make at the start has or should be reinvested yeah to a often. quite a big yeah, yeah. yeah big degree um so in a way that i don't know if that's a pro or a con obviously i'd had years of financial security behind me which was a big you know that was a big piece of me being able to start the business was my husband mm. and i sitting down and looking at the numbers and saying we can manage um for me to kind of take this dip so on the one hand, it's been a positive because I know I can, I have that earning potential. I've done it in the past, therefore there's no reason why I can do it again. Yeah. Or I'm not doing, you know, working towards that. Mm. But on the other side, then sometimes when I get in a, uh, you know, I feel a bit like, oh, maybe I'm not quite where I want to be financially. And then I'll speak to somebody else who's never had that professional salary. And they're like, I'm doing amazingly. I'm so pleased I made X amount this month. And I think, oh, okay, uh, maybe I'm doing better than I think, but because mm. I'm measuring it against a sizable monthly income, you know, it feels that much harder when you're not making yeah. that, I suppose. That's so interesting. So, yeah. I never even thought of that. So it's almost like, is it better to have never had it? <laughs> well, yeah, me, whenever to... my business pays me anything, I'm like, this is Christmas. Like, oh my gosh, I have a hundred pounds. Like, what am I going to treat myself with? Probably nothing, because I'm just going to buy food. But yeah. Whereas for me, for a long time, I don't think I think about it in these terms anymore. I think, I don't think I could go back to corporate life. I'm just, I'm just been ruined now. Um, but, you know, for a long time, it was weighing up the loss of my corporate income against what I could bring in for the business. So it was kind of like an either or yeah so it was almost like I was in debit until I could get to the point that I was what I was making a corporate job 
you know, I do have to, I very much am very clear from my business that my goal is not just financial. My goal is my is the, the amount of money I want to make, but the life I want to have. And the life I want to have has to be balanced because the whole reason I left corporate in the first place was because I didn't have that balance. Mm. So I certainly have got fallen into that trap when, you know, starting the business, you do give it your heart and soul and give it everything you've got. But I almost have had to recalibrate quite quickly along the way because you're right, I can't, I, I've got to work around family, I've got to work around the fact that, you know, if I am home, majority of the time, you know, the, the, I'm also running a house, basically, I'm not just running a business, I'm also running a family, so I have to definitely stack those responsibilities up against each other, and I can't mm. just, like you say, take a weekend where I just lock the door and just do nothing but um, nothing but the business I mean I've been really fortunate my husband's very supportive so absolutely when I've stuff to do on a weekend or an evening then he's there and he he helps make that happen um, but it's a negotiation it's not yeah. a given yeah whereas for me if I'm working late that night yeah. there is no it doesn't even cross my mind to think you know, my only thought is, oh, does this now mean that I'm missing dinner and I need to tell my mum and apologise and say that I'll wash up another day? Right. Like, that's, like, there's nothing in me that's stopping me from working 24 hours a day. Yeah. There's nothing in me, apart from personal risk, which is stopping me from investing all of my money into something. Yeah. And there's definitely, like, my capacity to risk and to invest both time and money, I think, is so much... I wouldn't say bigger because it's not better, but it's just not shared with anything else. Whereas yeah. your capacity, like as a mum, as a wife, yes. as someone who looks after a home, yeah. and as a business owner, which like yeah. you said, like literally a full-time job, both of those things, yeah. like you're totally right. It's that priority shift, isn't it? Of just It's not like, okay, I can give everything to this business. Yeah. It's that shift of, okay, here's the time there, here's the time there. That risk looks different because there's other mm. things that come into play other than just me, myself and I, which is true for me. Yeah, but that, and I think in I I mean it's both a pro and a con, isn't it? Because yeah. I also have the tendency to be a little bit obsessive. So actually, the fact I can't be that obsessive is yeah, probably so a good true. thing. Because you've got to almost like I hate the phrase work-life balance, but you have to have some form of balance. Yeah. Because you can't work no. all of the hours. You literally have tiny humans who yeah. need you to stop working. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or who bang on the door and say, you know, come on. Mm. Do you think you ever could have started a business before you had kids? Like, how has that interaction been for you starting a business with I'm just, I don't know. And I'm just actually really, really grateful that I've started my business when I've had my children and when they're older. Because I also think it must be a huge adjustment when people have a business and then they decide to start a family and they have to renegotiate all of that. In a way, it's almost like the negotiation, I didn't have to negotiate that. I... And I don't think it's actually an accident that I started my business when my children were older. I could not have done it when they were younger. I mm. didn't have the mental capacity. Because it's so, you have to put so much thought and effort and um, you have to drive yourself so much. And I just couldn't have done it when they were younger. I just didn't. I could just about go to work and do <laughs> what someone... I knew someone needed me to do <laughs> yeah. and come home at the end of it. I couldn't have done all of the... Because, you know running a business is just so much more mentally challenging in a way because because you're creating something new every day it, it is just so much more absorbing than when you're in a corporate role and you know what the boundaries are and what is expected of you yeah 100 percent. because in a way for you you settled 
in terms of your life yes. style and you're yeah. obviously like you weren't going to have any more kids no. and life was going to stay the same for the next yes. few years so then it was at that point where it was like okay we can figure out how a business fits into this yeah. rather than like like for me I'll have a business yeah. and I'll have to figure out like the how business to is going to have to change yeah. because my life is changing whereas for you yeah. it was just thinking okay how does the business work in a way that fits around what I've already got yeah and also you know we're just more financially settled you know we have our house all of those things I think I would have struggled to take on the risk of having a business when in a way when I was younger and all of that was still ahead of me it's almost like now I know right that's ticked off that's settled and if anything actually you know as the children get older I'm almost coming out the other side of it in as much as they've got that you know they're more wanting to spend time with their friends or um, just the kind of time burden on me is much less and as they get more independent it's nice that I've got something that in a way I can grow with the the business can grow as I can have more time yeah so that's the other thing that helps with the balance is that uh you know I try and really restrict for example how much travel I do with the business because there will become a time in five years which seems crazy but it's not long at all when you know the kids are much older and I can travel and it's fine but when they're younger and uh, I think I've just suddenly seen that cusp where you realise it's not long until university or whatever they choose to do. Whereas I think when they're really little, you just can't imagine you are ever going to have time to do anything ever again. Yeah. And I've suddenly seen that I will. So actually, maybe that makes it more bearable when I'm balancing everything out against each other. Because mm. I just think, well, I'm setting this up now within the constraints of the time and the energy and the effort I can give it now. But I know that as they, if anything, I'm only going to have more time to give to it later. Yeah, it's only going to increase. Yeah. I've never thought about it that way. My internal, <laughs> like my internal thought process right now is like, frick, like I was so much life ahead of me. <laughs> because you're so right. Like right now, I've, I feel like I've said this about three times already, but like all of my time, all of my energy, all of my money, everything like can go into the business. Yeah. I'm not saying it does definitely in terms of time most of my time does and my mental energy does yeah and it is always the like background thought for me of like well when a relationship comes around yeah or a house comes around or children come around I'm like oh like I'm I don't get more hours in the day for that yeah that's gonna take an adjustment for my business yeah and it's it's opposites right I've kind of gone like maybe like the time and the energy and the whatever that you'll be giving in in like five, 10 years time is maybe where I'm at now. Yeah. But in both ways, we'll both have to learn to adjust to those new normals because yeah. when you run a business and when you're self-employed, like your, your job is not a nine to five. It no. shifts as your life does. And that's one of the joys of it. Like yeah. that's why I love it is because it's so dynamic. But I guess you kind of have to be okay with the fact that nothing, like change is the only thing that's definitely going to happen. Yes. <laughs> that's the way it is. <laughs> Interesting. Something that I'd be curious to know because I I don't know my assumption would be that this is only really an experience on the starting young side of things yeah um is how it impacts friendships because when I started my business you know I was 17 my friends were doing their a-levels and within a year or so all of my friends were off at uni or out on gap years or whatever else and mm -hmm. I found it a really hard thing to start a business at such a young age in terms of friendships because I lost 
all of the things which I had in common with my friends in terms of we were all at school and we were all doing the same things, yeah. we were in the same place. And actually I not lost a lot of friendships, but a lot of friendships just died out as a result of that. Yeah. And I very quickly found myself quite isolated. And of course then there's been the amazing pro of being in a small business owner and being in this circle is that there's so many amazing people that I now call friends and yes. there's a great community there. But I definitely noticed that like one of the reasons my friendships have changed so much over the years is because I started my business at this age. Right. And I think that was quite polarizing for people around me. Has your, like, what's your experience been of that? Because generally, like a corporate world, I talked about it on the podcast last week with Ellie and Rachel, like the way that you make friends is you're sat across an office from someone mm. or they're at the desk next to you. And that's traditionally the way that you build friends as an adult. Yes. So has that been a transition for you, like not having that? That's a really interesting question. And I think probably I would say that I see friendship in a slightly more broad context. Um, And what I've noticed as well is that over the years, every time I've changed workplace, I've always had really good people, you know, people that, like the person that you go and have lunch with and you just like have that moan or you just like connect with because you're going through exactly the same thing and only they understand why your boss is so annoying or only they understand Mm -hmm. how much of a pain it is that you've been told to do this task, which is ridiculous. And you really bond over those shared experiences and some of those friendships will then move out of those shared experiences and into sort of, you'll always be in touch with them. Yeah. And sometimes they are just sometimes so they, yeah. What do they say? Friends for a season and oh, I can't remember the phrase. But it's like friends for a season and friends for life. Or a something. reason. Friends for a reason. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, and then I, and then you go through motherhood, and then you get the mum friends. Mm. And I have a group of friends who got got children very similar age. It's no, um, you know, there's no coincidence there. They, and then I've got friends who I've known since I was at school, who've got no clue what I'm doing in my business. (laughs) I love those friends. (laughs) Everyone needs those friends. They're very humbling. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then, um, and then I've got my amazing business friends. So uh, through every season, every significant thing that's happened to me in my life, whether it's university, whether it's uh, working, whether it's motherhood, whether it's starting a business, I have, I guess, gained and lost friends at different points and I guess so now what I tend to think of it is um, is maybe like a little bit more relaxed about it there were people who I you know will be friends with for life and there are people who I will be friends with um, for a certain time and so I see it's quite almost a little bit ebb and flow but I think you know you do have to make the effort you have to make the effort to kind of transcend geographical issues and and certainly when your friends start having children it gets very difficult because then everyone's timing is really it was tough and I certainly have friends because I had children reasonably and not young young but like young on the younger end and so now I've got friends who I'm kind of got, got through the little kid stage but they're really in it so you still have to work to maintain that connection, even though I've actually forgotten what it's like to potty train, like, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't bond with them anymore over that. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a really nice thing, actually, if I look back at my life with people who've come into my life at certain times. But, yeah, certainly now I feel like what I really like, and I think you... T- I remember hearing you talk about this on a podcast previously about how when you go to a social gathering and you're almost, like, waiting for someone to say, what do you do? So you can be like, yes, let me tell you about wow. my business. <laughs> That's the only thing I like talking about, so hope you strapped it. <laughs> because what I realise is when I go to social gatherings, no one ever... Mo- mostly, like, 
I can go entire social events and no one will even ask me how it's going. In, and, that, and do you know what? I actually see that as kind of a nice thing mm. because I re- suddenly realised to myself one day, you know, I put all this pressure on myself for my business, but actually when I go to these social events, people never even ask me about it. So yeah. actually it could be going really badly and <laughs> it wouldn't make any difference. They'd have no clue. <laughs> They'd have and no clue. But then I've also got business friends and that's really important too. You need the people that you talk to and you say, have you tried this? Have you tried that course? Have you done this? Yeah like all of this stuff and that's really important 100% I do wonder how many of my cons are less like that's the way it is starting a business young and more just like I was there's only so much at 17 that you can wrap your head around yeah and I think in a way a lot of my experiences come down to like my priority was building this business and my you know, I wasn't incredibly mature, but every ounce of maturity I had was going into this business. And then I probably lost out on a fair bit of self-development outside of that for a few years, Mm. whilst my energy was so intensely focused on this one thing. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's really interesting. And I actually liked one of the things you touched on earlier. I can't remember what your point was, but you were talking about um, just the shift in dynamic when you're moving into like what corporate does actually help you with yeah and one of the things that you mentioned was people skills yeah and just feeling comfortable with other people and that's yeah. definitely the big thing I recognize because of my upbringing I was always around people as a child I was in community all of the time yeah um I recognize that I think that's one of the things that allowed me to start young mm. whereas I reckon if I didn't have those like that experience of just being with people and understanding people's dynamics and reading a room and understanding what someone's thinking and feeling I think that would be a really hard thing because you can't right. like those are learned skills that's yeah. not you can't just pick that up one day yeah but yeah good conversation starter I feel like we could go on for hours <laughs> about this it's such an interesting topic and something that everyone's experiences will be completely different of yeah so I'll be really interested to hear like people listening their oh, thoughts definitely. on this because everyone's going to have their own pros and cons to yeah what that looks like and there's still like just racking through my head now there's so many other things we could have mentioned and I'm like let it be what it was and then let the we'll people have to do go part from two, Alice. 100% 100% <laughs> and people can get in touch if they want to share their thoughts on that conversation yeah. or perhaps just give their insight that's so so welcome um, you can do that at podcast at alicebenham.co.uk or just send me a message on Instagram because I feel like it is such a individual thing yeah you know how our life stage when we start a business impacts our experience so i feel like it's going to be really interesting to hear what people's thoughts are and on the topic of hearing people's thoughts on the episodes yeah i did an episode a couple of weeks back with aaron which i know is the one you've listened to where we talked about growing a team when you're running a business and how again i sat down with someone who was in a completely different place to me in terms of having a team yes and i took it to instagram because as always that's my go-to for any question or thought <laughs> or anything that's on my mind and i was really interested to ask people about their experience of growing a team as a small business owner and kind of what that's looked like for them so two questions i asked people do you have a desire to hire a full-time team now i was so curious to see this answer because my assumption is that most people because it's my intention mm-hmm. most people want the big team and the full-time employed and the office yeah. and whatever but 52 percent of people that answered said no okay which i thought was really curious what's your like where do you sit in terms of that question well i think that i love delegating i absolutely love <laughs> Mm-hmm. I know that women in particular to be to be um, stereotypical struggle with delegating I definitely don't I'm a big fan of somebody else doing things that I don't like doing 
Um, but I think it is a learned skill. I think people underestimate how much management is some is a skill and it's something that you can work on and you can develop and I think the most important thing is if you can get somebody to do what you want them to do in the way that you want them to do it that is a really important skill that will help you scale your business if that's what you want to do but a lot of people struggle with bringing people in and then they're not performing or like they're not really performing and then so therefore that person ends up stepping in and doing it all for them rather than having this icky conversation about um oh you didn't quite do that right and I think that actually one thing that's really important to learn is just the ability to sit down with somebody and give them constructive criticism because I think that's the key to effective management Mm -hmm. you can actually sit someone down and say that's what you did was great this was this was really positive that was really positive this was really positive the things that I would tweak would be this that and the other and if you can learn to to do that in a way that's positive and you both leave the room um, feeling really great about it and you then get the result you want, then that to me is, is, is management. But I think it's something a lot of people feel really awkward and uncomfortable with. So Yeah, and I guess it's not everyone's it's not a perfect fit for what everyone is building. No. You know, I guess you have to you have to take it back to the why am I building this and what do I want this to do for me. Yeah. And for a lot of people they're building a business so that they can be more flexible or so yeah. that they can live a more centered or balanced lifestyle mm-hmm. and actually sometimes hiring a full-time team isn't a part yeah. of that because they just want to build something that's going to sustain themselves yeah and I think that's fair enough because when you do manage somebody if you're really managing them effectively it can feel a bit like I used to sometimes feel like I was mum at home and mum at work because you know you'd be dealing with everyone's demands at home and then you'd come to work and then I'd be listening to my team and what and you get very invested in their their wants and needs and that's mm. maybe not right for everyone so I think yeah all good stuff and I asked everyone on Instagram as well to kind of see what people's pros and cons were I've had a team yeah. and it was a lot of the pros and cons that we talked about in the episode of you know you delegate the stuff that you're not the best at yeah. cons is like you said you're now a manager there's also the financial risk but interestingly something I'm really noticing is on the rise which is what I've done is instead of people hiring you know six different freelancers to do six yeah. different things they're maybe hiring an assistant or a team member one to three days a week who takes on all of those jobs as a whole yeah. and forms more of a part-time team member rather than a freelancer or a full-time employee and it kind of bridges that gap. Yeah. So it's interesting to see how people approach it because there's no right way to do it but it's so dependent on yeah. what you are doing. It's interesting because I'm looking to hire an assistant soon and I think this time I will go with instead of a freelancer I'd like to actually have an employee because I do think it's a slightly different relationship. Mm. Um, but it's it's the balance between the flexibility of a freelancer to be able to say right I've got three hours for you this week and nothing for you next week and yeah. ten hours for you the week after um, sometimes people worry about having the consistency of work but I do think ultimately if you could get someone who's you can build up a long term relationship with it will be better in the yeah end. many ways to do it which I think is it's always the best part of running a business right yeah. no right way to do it and another question I asked was one of the quick five questions, which is possibly one of my favorites so far, was what's a business buzzword? <laughs> and you're going to be great for this because you've got a corporate background. Um, what's a business buzzword that you love but is like jokingly hated by the world? So yeah. I'm going to read out a few and then you can tell me what yeah. yours would be. Uh, navigate. That's a oh, good one. Yeah, yeah. Leverage. Oh, oh yeah. What a word. Um, strategy oh you see that's I mean well probably because I do a lot of strategies (laughs) that that does a little bit because you know that that's not really a buzzword I'd say I'm gonna just I'm gonna get all defensive now (laughs) uh top line oh top line my favorites Mm -hmm. in fairness 
for someone who has no corporate experience, I yeah. love all of these yeah, words. Yeah. And I've stopped apologizing for them because I'm just like, it's a good word. Uh, connect, collaborate, optimization, jump on a call. Jump on a call, yeah. That's me. On the I same can't... page, have we got that? Is oh, that we all on the same one? page? Yeah. We've got, let's take this offline. Oh yeah, yeah. I've okay. never heard that one. Oh yeah, that means, that's what you say when someone's getting really uh, disagreeable in a meeting, like, you know, um, okay, let's say that's offline, which means that I'm going to talk to you afterwards. <gasps> wow, what yeah. are your favourites? Uh, well, I like, um, I, I've worked in lots of places where people kept talking about revert back, oh, we'll revert back on that, which basically just means I'll get back to you, but for some reason everyone would always, there's always like words that get used in a, in like one business, like somebody started saying yeah. it. And then it goes, um, I'm, honestly, I'm just thinking about it, there's so many examples yeah. of just weird things that we say, yeah, yeah. where you're just like, that comes from nowhere, but for some reason we all just decided like, yeah, that's that's the word for that yeah, thing. Revert back, <laughs> yeah, that was a weird one. Um, liaise as well, like liaising, I've been liaising, which I, I think actually, tri- strictly speaking, is not even a word, proper word, really? but yeah, like people, oh. yeah, people just get these sort of buzzwords, like you yeah. say, or within a business, or when, um, so I do a fair number of panel talks, and then someone will use some word, and then I have to say to the audience, does anyone actually know what that means? And then everyone's like, no. So when people use, um, uh, uh, you know, abbreviations or mm-hmm. acronyms. I feel you, I feel you. <laughs> You've been enlisted with the honour and the duty, which is sometimes a negative duty, yeah. because it's sometimes hard to come up with them, yeah. of the quick five questions of the week. Yeah. You obviously have to answer these two. Okay. Go for it. All right. So I was inspired by uh, the custard creams versus bourbon question. So the first one was biscuits dunking or not dunking? I would just have to go with don't, not dunking. Not dunking. Because I don't have hot drinks. Ah. I might have a... I have hot water, and I don't think you'd want to dunk a biscuit in hot water. It'd just be a bit soggy. How about you? I'm going to guess that you're a dunker. Uh, I, yeah, especially if they're chocolate-covered. So, you know, mm. chocolate-covered digestive in a cup of tea. Just give it a bit of a melt. Yeah. In yeah. fairness, with a hot chocolate, oh, dunk a biscuit. Change your life. <laughs> Great question. Okay, uh, what songs or... F- well, okay, let's start with films or musicals. Do you know all the words to? Um... I'm so, in terms of musicals, yeah. my best friend who lives in the Becca, yeah. she's like a West End, yeah. or like wants to be a West End actress, so she'll help, hate me saying I know literally nothing. Right. Um, song-wise, my two karaoke songs are Lean On Me. Okay. I can sing all the words to that. Yeah. And Black Eyed Peas, Where Is The Love. Uh, okay. That's where I'm at, including the rap. How about you? Uh, and what about films? Any films that you've watched so many oh, times you know all the words to? No, I no. could probably quote along with Legally Blonde quite well. Okay. Maybe Elf. Okay. Maybe a couple of Friends episodes. <laughs> it's pretty generic. I don't have a very good taste. How about you? Um, I know all the words to Les Mis because I've listened to that. Les Mis all of the words? Well, like it, I used to have the soundtrack and used to sing along to it when I was younger. Wow. Um, and also Jesus Christ Superstar. Nice. Yes. Bit niche. But I like it. <laughs> and then films I have watched When Harry Met Sally about 15 times. Love it. So it's just your go-to. Yeah. Can't be a go-to. Okay. All right. Now I've got two options here. Yeah. Okay. I've got, um, based on the theme of today, which is about difference in uh, life phase, <laughs> I thought we could do a technology, have you used, have you ever used it? Yes or mm. no. Or I've got guess the American food. 
Based You've on... got both of these. <laughs> uh, let's. I think let's go for both. Okay, let's start right. technology. So, um, have you ever put coins in a phone box to make a call? Oh, is this you making me seem yeah, really yeah, yeah. young? <laughs> no, no, um, I'm just out of curiosity because I was thinking about it's in, actually incredible. Like in the last twenty years, the technology that has come and gone. Yeah. So, no, I've never done that. Um, I think I've been with someone when they've done it, but I'm lying if I say I have. Okay, have you ever developed a film from a camera? Absolutely not. <laughs> I've got no clue. <laughs> have you ever owned an MP3 player? Yes. Okay. Yes. See, I was like, I feel like, maybe I'm just trying to be relatable to my older <laughs> generations, but I think I was on the cusp of the technological yeah. change. Because I like, I was mid-teens when the first iPhone came out. Yeah, yeah. I remember getting a family laptop for the first time when yeah. we were teenagers. Yeah. So I feel like I, I remember a time where it wasn't like this. Yeah. But yeah, I'm definitely probably a bit... <laughs> <laughs> a bit too used to technology, likely. <laughs> well, I just think it's amazing because I was walking through Covent Garden with my kids and they and we saw the Apple store and they said, what's that place? And I said, oh, they sell iPods and iPhones. And they said, actually, I don't even think they sell iPods anymore. And they were like, what's an iPod? And I was a bit like, whoa, we've just kind of come through it so quickly. Yeah. Like, I remember when... That was all they did was iPods. That's yeah. where they began. Yeah, and like MP3 players. When I first got married, like we didn't. Ha- I remember getting an MP3 player, and now it's like come and gone because now everyone just has it on their phone. Um, okay, uh, how many channels were on your TV when you were growing up? A hundred. <laughs> We've never had Sky. Never been a Sky family. I never watched anything like you know the cool shows like Nickelodeon yeah, yeah. and. Yeah. Disney Channel never had okay. that, but yeah, had the the freeview, the freeview channels. All right, so now guessing the American food. So uh, I'm actually technically American. My husband okay. is American. I'm an American citizen. So I thought I'd ask you if you knew what any of the following were. So do you yeah. <laughs> do, do you know what scrapple is? I couldn't. I couldn't even hedge a bet. <laughs> my guessing, my what instantly came to mind was pork scratchings. Oh, you're actually not far off, you know, because it's kind of a bit like, um, uh, basically a bit like black pudding. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. A bit meaty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Add something to it. Um, okay, so you know that Americans call biscuits cookies. Yes. But do you know what a biscuit is in America? Yes, 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 I do. I do. <laughs> Thankfully. I, was, I did go to America last year and we had biscuits for breakfast and I was like, this is... The weirdest thing <laughs> of my life. They're like scones. Like scones. Yeah, and yeah. we get we got them at Chick Fil A. Best breakfast of my life, I think. Very regularly. <laughs> um, okay, can you guess what it means if you have something through the garden? Uh, my mind thinks inappropriate, <laughs> and then I think, of course, it's not <laughs> through the garden. Like with a salad. Yes. Yes. Oh. So it's like if it's a sub and you say I want it through the garden, that means they add like all of the lettuce and tomatoes oh. and things on. I never want anything through the garden. I want it through <laughs> the front door, please. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, and the last one is what is a popover? A food? Yeah. A popover? Yeah. Not a pop tart? No. Absolutely no clue. <laughs> it's basically like a Yorkshire pudding, but they put jam on it. 
Oh, is it nice? It's, yeah, it's not bad, actually. They only really eat it in Maine, so it's very niche. In Maine? <laughs> we only eat this in Maine, sorry. Wow. I just feel like American food is just another level of, like, you did not need to combine those two things, but great for you for doing that. I hope you enjoy it. Annoyed to do it. Great quick fire questions. I enjoyed the, that was a very dynamic question asking at the end. I've never had that before. So I feel like now I feel challenged to, like, step it up next time I have to come up with them. Well, it's so good. Thank you so much for joining me today. You're so welcome. How have you found it? Good. Yeah? Yeah. It's been good. Well, people will have to keep their ears peeled for a part yeah, two, where yeah, we yeah. obviously talk about all of the other things involved. And I feel like you could do an episode on your own about corporate versus entrepreneurial. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's a fascinating one. Yeah. So anyway, people can connect with you. I will leave all of your links in the show Thank notes you. where people can find you and find out more about the great work you do and the great content that you share with yeah. the world. Yeah. But this is us, over and out. We'd love for people to get in touch. Please send in your thoughts on today's episode. Tell us about how the age that you started your business at changed your experience. But apart from that, thanks for tuning in. Tell thanks for joining know, me, Catherine. Tell us what you know all the words to. Yes, that's what we want to know. And would you dunk your biscuit or not? I don't know many people that would choose not. I think it's just me because I'm just weird. But if you're in my team, please let me know. I'd love